the rest of us, why don't we grab our Bibles today? This is a, this is a great day in the Lord's house today. Uh, we welcome all of you here, and there's a, there's a lot going on uh, this morning that, we are, uh, that we're really excited about. Things are happening here. We've got uh, you know, new Bible studies that are popping up and, uh, uh, from wise men and... and uh, re- Regardless of what the yeah, regardless of what their spouse says, and um, and and today uh, we are uh, excited to uh, baptize a few people who have um, who made the decision to publicly proclaim their faith, and that's really what baptism is. Water baptism is not salvation, so you don't get saved because you got wet. Uh, water baptism is not church membership. Uh, water baptism is basically an outward expression of what God has done in you on the inside. And we will uh, end our service today, Lord willing, uh, by doing that. So I have chosen today to take a, uh, another break from our Pray About It series. And uh, I should be done with that series by 2025. So... <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I thought I would share a message from Acts chapter 8. So if you want to click or turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 26. And I've entitled this message, Your Chariot Awaits. Your Chariot Awaits. How many of you have ever heard that phrase before? Your Chariot Awaits. Okay, good. Okay. Probably should have cleared that before I decided to title my sermon that, but uh, your chariot awaits. We're going to take a look at a, at a man who found himself uh, seeking truth, and because of the interaction of a man by the name of Philip, uh, he not only found the truth he was looking for, but he also was baptized on that day, and you're going to see where I come up with this title as we read the scripture together. And I want to challenge all of us in here today uh, with what we're going to read here. So uh, if you're able to, would you mind standing with me in honor of the reading of God's word as we go through this together? And we're going to start again in verse 26, and we're going to go down to verse 40. Y'all ready? Okay. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kendake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Now the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come come up and sit with him. And this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. 
In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And the New King James Version says in verse 37, Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Verse 38, And he gave orders to stop the chariot, and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. I would submit to you today that your chariot awaits you. So Jesus, speak to us through your word, I pray. And God, we'll thank you for all that you do. God, we submit our will, our lives, everything to you. We pray that you would change us as a result of looking at your word. And God will give you all the praise for what's done. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. And amen. You may be seated. Again, so good to see each and every one of you today. I love this time of the year where we have people who are hot and people who are cold. <laughs> so those of you who are cold, it's about to get warmer. And those of you who are hot, it's about to get cooler. I don't know how that works, but it will. And uh, just hang with us here. But uh, here we are now in this special time of the year where September tends to be a time that we look at a lot of um, uh, some newness, right? We, uh, football season has started. The, the first Sunday is today, correct, right? The Browns are playing the Bengals, is that correct? Okay, and bless your hearts. And, uh, <laughs> and, and my Cowboys are playing tonight. My, my, my Cowboys are playing the Giants. And uh, if you do like the Giants, then you are basically part of Al-Qaeda. And uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, but it's, it's true. It's true. And all the non-sports fans are like, I have no idea what he's talking about. So, so it's kind of that time of year where we, we, we kind of look, you know, things new. School has started. Even we as a church, we're doing some new stuff. And uh, baptism is basically all about newness of life, how... Uh, this, the symbolism with baptism is that when you go into the water, you are buried with Jesus in your sin. And when you come out, just like he rose into new life, you come out new life and you're proclaiming that to all that see it. It really is your first act of witnessing as a believer in Jesus Christ. And here we see Philip, godly name, Philip, we see Philip reaching out, uh, led by the Holy Spirit, to a chief official in the Ethiopian government. And he's sitting in a chariot. And what started here is what I would call a journey. In fact, I would tell you today that I think there are three specific journeys 
that I'd like to challenge you with here today as we look at this passage of Scripture. Wherever you might be in your spiritual life, I would guarantee you that you are on one of these journeys. And I'd like to show you what they are. So number one, let's just jump into this. Let's take the journey from the church. Now, I'm not suggesting that you leave this church. That's not what I mean by that, okay? And they never saw them again. Uh, But Philip was an apostle. Now, the term term apostle gets used a lot. Uh, the, the, The simplest term of apostle is a person who is sent. A person who has been sent. And Philip was sent by the church in Jerusalem and he was doing some great things. If you were to read the previous verses, Philip has led this incredible revival taking place where a lot of non-believers gave their lives to Jesus Christ. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. But then something takes place. And let's pick this up right where we began our scripture here today. Verse 26 again says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch and an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, and the spirit told Philip Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran. I want you to look at that verb. Philip ran up to the chariot. And he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. He said, do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. Now, as I look at this small journey that Philip took, he was basically led by the Lord to take a bit of a detour, if you will, to kind of change direction. Some have suggested that Philip was literally told to go on a deserted road. You know, it's one thing to be led to go someplace that seems real fun and lots of great things going on, and then there's another when you're led down a deserted road. And the Holy Spirit told Philip, hey, I want you to go this way. Well, this doesn't look very fun. I want you to go this way. There's no life there. I want you to go this way. And off he went. You see, if we're going to take this journey, and when I say from the church, it's easy to live for Jesus in this place. But how do we live for Jesus from the church? When you walk out of here today and you live this stuff out throughout the rest of the week, what should we keep in mind? I mean, we, we learn here from Philip some really important things. Number one, we should listen to the Lord. We should listen to the Lord. Now, there's a difference between husbands, you know this, wives, you know this too. There's a difference between listening and hearing. Okay? Okay? We've all been there. Sometimes in, in, in the course of my 
duties as a pastor or whatever I'm led to do and whatever capacity I'm in, sometimes I have to give some instructions to people. And it's like, I don't think they're listening to me. In fact, it kind of fleshes out when they're supposed to do it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. But when, when they're supposed to do it, you could, even, you could even write a map. This is the way to go. I don't read maps. And, and, and they, you can give direction. And they hear, but it's kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Right? Right? But to truly listen, okay, now that's different. So when I say that I'm listening to God, is it just spiritual noise to me or am I actually listening? what he has to say. Let me tell you what, there's a lot of noise in this world right now. There are a lot of, quote, voices that are competing for your attention. There are a lot of sources of instruction that are out there that are going to try to get you to obey what they have to say. And the way that you're able to tell whether something is the voice of God, hear me today, the way that you're able to get used to the voice of God is through your closeness with him. I'll give you an example. Okay? In our family, or maybe even your family, but in our family, you all could be talking. Okay? Lots of noise, lots of talking, lots of conversation, good stuff. Okay? If I need to get Jonathan's attention, okay, I know how to do that, even in the midst of a crowd. I just go, tiger. <laughs> the white hat just moved up. Now that's come after 20, almost 24 years of relationship where he's used to that from me. He's used to his father's voice because we have a close relationship. Do you want to get used to your heavenly father's voice? Get a close relationship with him. You'll be able to hear his voice that way. But it's not enough just to listen to the Lord. We should also obey our orders. Remember I told you to look at that verb, ran? Philip ran to the chariot. The Holy Spirit said, go near that chariot. And how did Philip respond? He ran. I'm not going to demonstrate running. <laughs> Unless there's chocolate cake at the finish line that I'm going to run. And so, you, you know what I appreciate Philip didn't do? Philip didn't say, you know what? Boy, the Lord is really dealing with me about going to that chariot. I should look it up in the Greek. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to pray about this for about a year. Uh, and uh, we'll see. No! He immediately obeyed the Holy Spirit's leading. Hmm. Do you know what we need to be? We need to be people who are marked by instant and overwhelming obedience to what the Lord wants us to do. And let me pause here and just tell you that God will never, ever, ever tell you to do something that's contrary to his word. Never. Okay. Well, 
You know, God told me to kill him. No. God told me to rob that Speedway store. No. No. That would totally go against God's word. And so understand this. If you're being led by the Holy Spirit, which I hope that we are, and if we're recognizing God's voice, then keep in mind that the enemy will still try to fool us, and he'll still try to get us to believe stuff that goes against the word of God. And so if you're going to live this out, if I'm going to live this out for the Lord, the way that I need to live this out, then I need to be a person that recognizes God's voice. But when he talks to me, I know that it's him. Because it's, contra- it's not contradicting this book. And I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to obey God right away. That's the journey from the church. Secondly, there's another location here. Not only from the church, but at the chariot. Not only from the church, but now at the chariot. Now, this is really interesting to me because the Lord's command here to Philip was unique, I think. Take a look at it again, okay? Look at the scripture. Here's what it says. It says this, starting in verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Let's pause here for a second. Here's what's interesting. God did not tell Philip, get over there and preach the four spiritual laws. Go! All God told Philip to do at that moment was just to hang out near the chariot. Isn't that interesting? Some of us think that we have to prepare a four-point sermon with all the letters starting with the same letter as you should. And, uh, and, 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 think, and think that, well, if I'm going to be effective, I've got to have this big presentation memorized, and I've got to do that, and... and Sometimes God just says, you know what? I, I just want to lead you somewhere. Go by that chariot. What? Because your chariot might look different than my chariot. Where's God leading you? Let's keep going. The eunuch was reading, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth, and in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who? <laughs> what an open door. Who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? And then Philip began that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? I want you to take the journey from the church, but I need you to realize that your chariot awaits you. There there is a chariot that God is leading you to. Do you think you're just at that job to make money? 
said yes. <laughs> I'm so glad. Thank you for your honesty. But it's not just that. God has led you to that chariot because there's someone there who needs to know Jesus. And you very well, just by being there and just having that opportune time where you find somebody who is seeking, you find somebody who is hurting, you find somebody with questions, and, and there you are. Why? Because you have embraced your chariot as more than just some money-making thing. You have embraced students, the campus, as more than a means to a degree and then eventually to a job. You are embracing your uh, location where you live as more than just an address in a particular school zone and a zip code. But you have embraced the location that Jesus has led you as something more than that. That God just says, okay, I want you here. I want you here. I want you at the sidelines while your kid plays soccer. I want you in that workplace. I want you to listen to people. I want you at that, at that school. I want you on that campus. I want you uh, with those students in that study group even. I want, you, I want you there so that when that time comes, when that person is saying, what am I looking for? You can start by saying, you're looking for Jesus. You know what that is? That's bridge building. We need more bridge builders here. Understand that you have been sent. You've been sent. God has placed you where you're at. Well, I hate my job. But God still puts you there. So be used up by God. And let's see what happens there. I don't make enough money. God will take care of you. I really believe that, by the way. He's, he's placed you at that chariot because there's somebody that needs to be brought to Jesus. In fact, I'll even pause here and just say that perhaps you find yourself in the chariot today. You find yourself as one who has a lot of questions. You find yourself today wondering what, what Christianity and Jesus are all about. And may I tell you very simply that Jesus Christ loves us so much that he died for the penalty of our sins that absolutely none of us could pay. The price for our sin was death. And Jesus paid all of our sin debt. We were bankrupt in sin. And Jesus said, I'll pay that debt for them. Gave his life on the cross. And the Bible says that if we call upon the Lord, if we make him the Lord of our lives, he will come in and save us. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that he rose from the dead, we will be saved. Today, if you need Jesus, I will tell you that you are here at the right place at the right time because Jesus wants to save you. He wants to change your life and he wants to do something great in your life. That is what this baptismal tank is all about today. I told, uh, I, I told Stacy earlier, we don't come out of the water perfect, but we come out of the water with a new direction 
because that's what this is. We're saying the old is gone, everything's new, and now God has a new life for me and a new plan for me, and he's going to do things differently. That's what Christianity is. He saves us from a godless hell, but it's not only that. He also leads us every day and becomes our very best friend and the source of everything that we need to live. If you need Jesus Christ today, today's your day to give your life to Jesus. Can you say amen to that, church? So we need some bridge builders. And then we saw some dedicated discipleship going on there by Philip. He explained Jesus to him. And then as they're going down the road, looks like Philip got a ride. As they're going down the road, on this deserted road, there's water. Probably not nearly as nice as 104 degree jacuzzi. By the way, I'll be watching the Cowboy game from here today on the big screen. You don't want to come in. <laughs> Just kidding. But they found some water. And the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch said, what's keeping me from getting baptized? It was at that moment that Philip went in the water with him and baptized him. Now, as I said before, when we baptize these three today, they're not instant members of our church. And baptism is not saying, hey, you're saved now. Uh, baptism, again, is expressing outwardly what the Lord has done inwardly. And it's a beautiful thing. Jesus modeled it. Jesus commanded it. And the church practiced it. And we offer that today. In fact, if you're here today and uh, you'd like to be baptized, we can include you as well. We even have extra towels. We do. Brought by Nicole Shaffey herself. So, you know, they're with love. But... Uh, so yeah, we'll baptize you if you want that. I'm going to give you one more journey, though. There's a journey from the church. There was the journey at the chariot. And then finally, uh, and I think I've got the wrong. That's okay. That's supposed to, that's, <clears throat> I love technology. It's supposed to say to the next chapter. So just pretend that's up there because I never make mistakes, uh, but it is my mistake. Uh, <laughs> there was another chapter for Philip. Look at the last two verses. You ready? When they came up out of the water, and by the way, I cannot guarantee that this will happen today. <laughs> okay? Same name, but that's about it. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. <laughs> and the eunuch did not see him again. And he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus, many miles away, by the way, and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. 
Now, if I could have like a webcam or something of a story, this is one of them I'd like to see. Okay? So in the water, poof, he's gone. Next thing you know, he's miles away. This is like Star Trek stuff, folks. This is incredible. But what do we, what do we get from this? You see, if, if we think that we have lived out enough that there's no more growth for us, I want to speak to those of you who are really veteran Christians here. May I tell you that there is still much more for you to experience in Jesus Christ. Much more. Much more. Some of you have been saved longer than some in here have been alive. And I will tell you that there is still more for you to experience in Jesus Christ. You see, if we're going to go on to the next chapter, then we need to understand that there will be godly growth on the part of all of us. We will continue to grow. And what I loved about the eunuch here, he came out of the water and he went away rejoicing. By himself. Hear me. Hear me. His spiritual health did not depend on Philip. Oh, don't miss this. Okay? Because it's good to have people close to you. But I'm still reminded that we as Christians should work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And unfortunately, oftentimes, we have seen people who have been more connected to a leader or a preacher or even a pastor than they are to Christ. And that is a recipe for spiritual disaster. And that is often the source of a lot of hurt that will be experienced by somebody because sometimes we elevate people so high that when we find that they're actually human, it rattles us. It messes us up. I'm speaking to you as one who has seen that myself. I'm speaking to you as one who literally caught his, with my own eyes, caught a man who was a great influence on my life cheating on his wife at the age of 12. I saw this. Now that could have rattled me. That could have rattled me. But I didn't let it happen. Some of you, you've been let down by a leader. <laughs> Some of you, maybe your pastor's not all that you thought he would be. You want a refund. And, and I'll just tell you that all of us in here, we're going to not always get it right, are we? Right, right? But we are responsible for our own spiritual growth. So I want you to understand this. Your spiritual growth, yes, it's good to be influenced by people. Yes, it's good to have, as, as Ephesians tells us, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's good to have all of those. Those are gifts that God has given to the church. But at the same time, your focus needs to be on Christ more than an individual. And then finally, there was a continued calling on Philip. I want you to think about this. Philip has just led this huge revival in Samaria. Earlier in the book of Acts. And now, now he's led by the Spirit. And he baptizes this important official in the Ethiopian government. 
And not only that, beam me up, Jesus. He is translated from that water to some location miles away. He easily could have said, whew, this man's done it all. I wonder if there's anything more that God wants to do through me. But Philip didn't rest on his laurels. Philip was moved to the next chapter in his life. And he began preaching in city after city after city after city. Seeing lives changed, people transformed, people finding hope, health, and healing. Listen. God's not done with you yet. God's not done with you yet. My pastor in Columbus, I've said this before, my pastor in Columbus, he would say, you think God's done with you? Well, then die. It's like that. And that year, we had a ton of funerals. I'm thinking, pastor, you got to lay off that. But God's not done with me. God's not done with you. So, when you experience a victory, maybe God uses you in a pretty dramatic way. You are now vulnerable to making some bad decisions. Don't let that happen. The biggest time to pray for your leaders and your pastors is on the heels of a great victory. Because it'd be easy just to rest and say, I'm going to coast now. Philip didn't coast. God had more for him to do. And I want you to know today that God has more in store for you. No matter what your age is, no matter what your background is, no matter how experienced you are in this whole thing, God is not done with you. Your chariot, it awaits Today, I want to challenge you to take a few journeys. And Jonathan, if you could start helping us out here. We kept the cover on this because it gets really humid if we open it up too early. And then some of you will just stare at the water and not at the preacher. But we want to go, I want to challenge you to go from the church and get a passion for Jesus and a passion for the lost. There's a hurting world that needs you. Your chariot awaits because you've been sent to that job, to that campus, to that house, to that dorm, to that neighborhood, to all of that. You've been sent there. You've been sent there. Can we get a heart and a passion for the loss again? Can you say amen? I want to challenge you to go to the chariot. Where is your chariot? I don't have a chariot. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. What are you doing tomorrow? That's your chariot. Where are you going to school? That's your chariot. What are your plans? Going to the golf course? That's your chariot. Apparently my chariot's in the woods and in the water. But (laughs) where's (laughs) where's your chariot? Where's your chariot? God's led you there. 
See where you live and work and study. See that as your mission field more than anything else. And then I want to challenge you to go to the next chapter. There's something more for you. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too experienced. You haven't learned it all. There's more. There's more. There's more. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? And I'm also going to ask our friends that are getting baptized today, if you'll make your way to uh, the front area, that'd be great. But I wonder today, is there anyone here who needs to give their lives completely to Jesus Christ? You find yourself not right with God today. I could tell you the greatest thing that could happen in this room would be for a person who is not serving Jesus or not committed to the Lord, is for that person to give their lives entirely to Christ. And I will not embarrass anybody here, but I do want to ask if, if that is you, if you need Jesus to come into your life, or maybe you need a brand new start, and you want to rededicate your life to Christ and really give your life completely to him. If that is you, could you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? I'm going to pray for you. That's it. I won't embarrass you. I just want to know who do I need to pray for. I need to give my life completely to Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here today? Hallelujah. Then I wonder today, church, is there uh, a chariot in your life that maybe you haven't realized it's your chariot. Your workplace, your campus, your neighborhood, your home, and your chariot awaits. And before we go any further today, could I pray for you that you would see where God has led you and where God has sent you and that you would see that the Lord has a purpose for you He's not done with you. Yes, it might be tough where you work. Yes, it may be challenging and difficult where you work, but God has led you and he has his hand on you. So before we go any further, can I pray for you? And then we're going to baptize. Jesus, I pray for every person in this room, every student. God, I pray for every person who works outside the home. I pray for every coach. I pray for every parent. I pray for all who are in this room, God. Whatever chariot you've led us to, I'm asking you, Lord God, that you would use us to make an impact on somebody who needs it. So Jesus, today, may we know that when we leave these doors that our chariot awaits for us. And God, that you've got a plan for us still. So keep your hand on every one of us, I pray. It's in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Can we give God praise today? Amen.